If you're proactive, you're focused on preparing. If you're reactive, you're focused on repairing. And so creating that time to be proactive and prepare, you eliminate all the reactivity in your life, in your business, and you can continue to stay focused on the thing that you're trying to achieve. How do you create an unshakable business? I crossed $100 million in net worth by the age of 28. Now I'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build. Today, I wanna share with you my top seven productivity habits that have allowed me to grow, build, and sell three companies before the age of 30 and now run a $200 million portfolio. And so I wanna share with you my authentic productivity habits. I've seen a lot of videos out there and I've watched them and they're often just copy paste from another video, people trying to get likes and comments. These are really things I had to really think about in terms of what over the last 10 years are the most important habits that I have deployed that have allowed me to focus on the most important things and nothing else. Most people never get where they want to go in life, not because they don't have the right habits, but because they also don't understand the intention behind those habits, okay? So when I was 23 and we first started our first business, I had a mentor once tell me that I had a very high tolerance. What is a high tolerance and what did he mean by that? Well, what he said was, he was like, Layla, you have a really high tolerance for like activities, where your time goes and constantly accommodating people. And I was like, I don't really understand what he means. So here's what it actually meant and here's what it means for anyone that's watching this video is what I did is I very much had a high output, right? So I would work hours on end from when I woke up to when I went to bed but I wasn't working on the right things and I was doing a ton of different activities that weren't actually moving the ball forward. And what he meant when he said I had a high tolerance is that I had a high tolerance for doing things that weren't important. And that's what I see a lot of people have. They're like, I work 14 hours a day, I work 16 hours a day, like watch everything. I'm like, is it productive though? Is it the right work? The definition of industriousness is that you are working hard on the right things that you have put thought into. And so that's why it's so important that we understand the concept behind productivity and why these habits even work. Because I deploy these habits when I finally understood that I needed to lower my tolerance for bullshit, for other people lacking, for other people slacking, for people reaching out to me, for all these other things. I realized I need to lower my tolerance. And so if you want to become more successful in life and you want to increase focus, lower tolerance. So what is tolerance so that you can really understand this? In particular, Tolerance is the ability to or willingness to tolerate other people's opinions or circumstances that you don't necessarily like or agree with. So this sounds like good in theory, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm more tolerant. Like I'm, you know, other people aren't going to accommodate me all the time. Like I want to get along with people. We've got to compromise. But here's the thing. Successful people don't compromise on their goals and they are extremely diligent with their time and they have a low tolerance for where their time goes. And so the irony of this is that most of our lives, we're taught to be tolerant, to be tolerant of other people, to get along with everybody, to be nice, to, you know, put on a smile, do all these things. Those things often present, often prevent us from being successful because what it's teaching us to do is to put others' needs ahead of our own. What I learned that my past habits were, that the habits had gotten me to where I was, but weren't going to get me to where I needed to go were that I was constantly putting other people's needs and other things that weren't the most important things above what I was doing. I wasn't respecting my own time, energy, or priorities. I was putting other people's time, energy, and priorities above my own. And so I was sacrificing self-respect for self-admiration from others. 
And that is what a lot of people need to understand is that you can deploy these habits, but they're not going to stick unless you get this core concept. Most of the time, the reason people can't stick with these habits is because they have an underlying sense of guilt for putting themselves first. So let's get into the five habits. The first habit that I started with when I was 23 and I've continued to do about once a month from that point on is unfollow on social media. So I remember when I was 23 and my mentor told me that I needed to lower my tolerance, the first thing that I thought of was I really need to make sure that I'm consuming the right things because what we consume is what we think about and it adds noise in our brains. And I wanted to make sure that I would minimize that noise. And so I went on my Facebook, my Instagram, my Vine, because that's what existed at the time, and I unfollowed and unsubscribed from every single person that I felt like wasn't helping me focus on the most important things, tasks, and goals. Still to this day, I operate this way. You can go look on my Instagram. I follow like maybe 200 people. And the irony of that is that of those 200 people, I think 150 are muted. The reason I do that is not a disrespect to them. And you might think, oh, that sounds so rude. That's so disrespectful. No, I'm respecting myself enough to know that that's going to distract me from getting where I need to go. So the easiest way that you can do this in terms of if you have a huge amount of people that you follow on social media, if you find yourself constantly going down rabbit holes, getting distracted, or noticing negative feelings arising when you're scrolling social media or when you're on a platform, is go through, and the first thing that I would do is anyone who doesn't make you feel positively or uplifted or encouraged, unfollow them. Now, if you're uncomfortable with that, you could go and do the mute first, but I would suggest you just unfollow them altogether. You have no obligation to follow anybody in your life. The second thing that you can do is once you've gone through and unfollowed anyone who gives you any sort of negative feelings that arise, then you go through and ask, is this person adding value to my mission? Is this person and watching their content helping me achieve my goals? And then you go through and do a second flush. I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. That's why I don't follow that many people on social media, because the only reason I want to follow somebody is if they're inspiring me, encouraging me, or adding value that's going to help me get to my goals. The second productivity habit that has allowed me to get to where I am today and run a large portfolio of businesses is not texting back immediately or delaying a response. So I learned this when I was 21 and I was a trainer and I was building up a roster of clients. And at that point, I think I had like 36 clients. And I remember feeling like I just want to rip my fucking head off because they would text me all the time. And I was like, literally, if I'm not at the gym training somebody, then I'm texting somebody back. I'm answering a question about a meal plan. I'm doing all these things. At that time, I had a coach and I remember telling her about this. And I was like, gosh, this is so annoying. It's just, they text me all the time, blah, blah. And I remember she looked at me and she was like, Layla, why do you think you're obligated to respond? Just don't. And I was like, what do you mean don't? Don't respond? She was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Do not respond. You will teach people how to interact with you by how you interact with them. And I was like, huh. And so to this day, I think that was the moment in time where Layla Hormozy became an awful texter because I never text people back immediately. And here's the thing, I'm okay with it and I don't care because I know that it's not going to help me get to where I need to go. And here's the thing, my real friends, the people who are actually trying to get somewhere in life, the people who are working just as hard as me, they don't really text back either. And if I don't text them back, they don't give a fuck. It's the people that don't have a life, don't have anything going on and have nothing better to do that are like, why are you texting me back? Where are you? Why haven't you gotten back to me? 
right? Nobody that's actually trying to get shit done and achieve a huge goal is texting people all day, every day. They're focused on getting their shit done. And so that's what I realized. If I want to get there, that's the kind of person I need to be. And if that means that some people don't like me, they think I'm rude, they think, oh my gosh, that's so inconsiderate, you don't text people back right away, or you never do, I don't care. I'm okay with it because I know that I'm going to get to where I need to go. And a way in which you could apply this to others, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's, you know, if you feel like they're constantly texting you with their problems, the one phrase that I would deploy you to repeat to yourself is your emergency is not my priority, right? Somebody else's emergency is not your priority. And you, again, remember, you teach people how to treat you. And so if every time your friend and her boyfriend get in a fight, right, or your spouse has an awful day, you stop, drop, and roll, text them back, stop your day, don't you think that over time that's going to take away a lot of focus to getting where you need to go, to becoming the person you want to be? And so just remember that your emergency is not my priority. The third productivity habit that I have is using my cell phone as a reward. Okay, so what do I mean by this? While I'm working during the day, I actually put my cell phone on a charger on the other side of the room. And the deal that I've made with myself, and I've done this for about six, seven years now, is that I'm not allowed to get my phone. I'm not allowed to go on social media. I'm not allowed to check anything until I'm absolutely done with whatever the task is. So typically, I chunk my tasks into two to three hours. If it's meetings, then it might be six hours on end. But what I know is that I'm not allowed. I have made that rule with myself. I'm not allowed to check my phone until I'm done with whatever the task at hand is. And a lot of the times that means when I go to grab a drink of water, when I take a five-minute break in between, when I have like a 15-minute buffer, then I can check my phone, but not until the task is done. What this does is it really helps me from distracting myself because a lot of the times when we're trying to get things done and we're trying to be productive, we constantly start distracting ourselves. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I need to check my phone. What if that person texted me? Oh, I need to pee. Whatever it is. I just tell myself none of it. I'm like, don't go to the bathroom. Don't grab water. Don't get food. I try to do nothing because I feel like that's my brain trying to get out of the discomfort of focus, because focusing can be uncomfortable, and we have to think of creative ways to keep ourselves from getting distracted. So the reason this works is because I'm moving the phone out of sight. So this could work the same with food, it could work the same with going to the bathroom, it could work the same with checking anything, right? If it's out of sight, you're much less likely to do it. Just like if your office is next to the kitchen or in the kitchen, you're probably gonna find yourself grabbing snacks all the time, right? If your phone is next to you, you're probably gonna be checking your phone all the time. If you have a water cooler across the room, you're probably gonna be grabbing water and drinking it all the time. And so whatever you're trying to eliminate as a distraction, Physically make a barrier, put it somewhere that is hard to reach, put it somewhere that is out of sight, and you will find that it is much easier to focus. The fourth productivity habit that I deployed about seven years ago is learning to create a season of no. So the reason a lot of people aren't productive is because when they're in a season that they need to grind, they need to get shit done, they need to get something off the ground, whether it's starting a new business, quitting a job, switching businesses, whatever it may be, is that they're in a season of yes without knowing or acknowledging it. What's a season of yes? It's saying yes to dinners, saying yes to vacations, saying yes to friends' birthdays, saying yes to trips that you don't really want to go on. It's saying yes to holidays with your family that you don't give a fuck about, right? And so most people live their life in a consistent season of yes. And the easiest way to be productive is to acknowledge when you need to be in a season of no. And so we did this first, Alex and I, when we started Gym Launch. We said, you know what we're going to do? We said, this is a season of no. What does that mean? Every time someone asks us to do something, it's a birthday party, it's a wedding, it's a trip, it's a night out, the answer is no. So the default answer is no longer yes. The default answer is no. 
And the reason for that, if somebody asks, well, why wouldn't you come to my wedding? Why wouldn't you go to my birthday party? Why wouldn't you do any of this? You say, oh, I'm in a season of no right now. It's nothing personal. I'm in a season of no, right? It doesn't mean the next quarter I'll be in a season of no, but I'm in a season of no right now. Now, the irony is I've been in a season of no for like seven years. <laughs> I think I took like one break for six months, but that has helped me tremendously. Because what you have to understand is freedom is not the ability to say yes. Freedom is the ability to say no and to create such a vacuum for opportunity for the thing that we're focusing on by not saying yes to all these other things that really aren't that important to us, that maybe we feel obligated to, right? And what you have to understand is this doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the people you're saying no to or the opportunities you're saying no to. It means that you're saying yes to the most important one and no to anything else that's not contributing to it. And so the next time, if you are in a season of no, somebody asks you to do something, the simple answer is, listen, nothing personal. I'm just in a season of no right now. I've really got to focus on this thing. And so because of that, I've committed to absolutely nothing. I know that might be uh, hard to hear because it's your birthday, but I can't make any exceptions right now. I just haven't learned how to control myself yet. Put it on yourself. Make it sound like you're the shitty person, right? Don't put it on them. And so the next time someone asks, you could come up with an answer like that. The fifth productivity habit I have is proactively scheduling deep work time. Okay, so what happens usually is that when you're trying to achieve a really high goal, usually you need other people to help you do it, whether it's a company, whether it's friends, whether it's a spouse, whether it's your entire team. And so what happens is that everybody's trying to contribute to that goal, but what you start to notice is you start to become reactive, right? You start to notice that your whole day is answering other people, helping them achieve their goals, and by the end of the day, you realize that all your brain juice is gone and you haven't even moved anything forward. And so I realized this when we started Gym Launch. I didn't understand the importance of this because I thought to myself, well, I'm a servant leader. I need to be there for my team. But I also didn't realize that on the other side of that was that I needed to be there for the company. And if the leader of a company or somebody's trying to get something off the ground can't protect their time properly to move that thing forward, you have no chance of surviving if even succeeding. And so I realized very early on that I needed to dedicate and chunk time for deep work and I would not allow anyone to schedule anything. And so this was hard at first because I hated saying no to people. I hated saying, hey, you can't take a meeting at that time. I felt weird about it. I was like, oh yeah, I can't take a meeting at that time even though 11 other people can do it, right? But the thing is, is that if you make one exception to the rule, why even have the rule? It's irrelevant. And so that's what I've learned to do with myself. And that's why you've probably heard my other videos where I talk about my daily routine is that I don't take meetings before 11. Unless someone's dying or gonna go out of business, meetings aren't before 11. The reason for that is I use that time in the morning to move forward the things that move forward the biggest goals I have. And so by doing that, I serve everybody else in a much higher way than I do if I'm constantly reacting to people all day. So I love this phrase because it helps me stay focused, which is if you're proactive, you're focused on preparing. If you're reactive, you're focused on repairing. And so creating that time to be proactive and prepare, you eliminate all the reactivity in your life, in your business, and you can continue to stay focused on the thing that you're trying to achieve. The sixth productivity habit that has allowed me to focus and to scale three companies and to run a $200 million portfolio is not <laughs> abiding by obligatory celebrations. So I know this sounds crazy, and this is probably one of the more controversial ones, but I don't go to weddings. I don't celebrate a lot of holidays. I don't go to a lot of people's birthday parties. Like there are a lot of things I don't do. Now, why don't I do those things? I don't do them because I don't really 
believe in a lot of them. And if I were to do all of them, then I would spend most of my time celebrating things that don't mean a lot to me rather than moving the ball forward. And so really think about it. There's Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, 17 million people's birthdays, right? There's my friend's anniversary. There's their wedding. There's their bachelor party. There's, a, there's so many things. And what I've noticed is that so many people spend most of their life trying to catch up because they spend all of their time or even just two to three days a week doing those things, sticking with expectations that society has put on us of what's important rather than what's important to me. And guess what? What's important to me is reaching my goals, becoming the person I want to be. It's not going to someone's birthday party. It's not going to a bachelor party. It's not getting drinks with these people. It's not celebrating fucking Thanksgiving six times, going to St. Patty's Day bar crawls. Like that stuff, I don't give a fuck about. It doesn't light me up. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't make me happy. So what I've learned is that I set my own priorities and what is important for me to celebrate. I don't let society, tradition, or family dictate what is. I let me dictate what is. And so I think that it's almost like creating your own North Star. For me, that means I don't celebrate a lot of traditional holidays. I don't have traditional obligations because I don't believe that a lot of them are important. I believe that what I'm doing, what I'm trying to achieve is much more important than those things. And therefore, I sacrifice those things. So what I'm really doing is I'm choosing what's important to me rather than letting friends, family, or society choose for me. So a way that you could do this is look at your last year, your last say even the last three months, and go through your calendar and look at all the things that you attended that were obligations or you felt were obligations. And then ask yourself, which of those things are you still happy that you did? Are you still happy that you participated in? And if it's not that many, then decide and use that to create your North Star going forward. I don't attend birthday parties. I don't go for drinks. I don't celebrate a promotion that a friend got. Whatever it may be, Use that to create your template going forward so you do know what things you say yes to and what things you say no to. And we, our goal is to eliminate the things that are not important to you. Maybe they're important to somebody else, but they're not important to you. The seventh productivity habit I have is having outcome-focused interactions. So I learned this and I applied it from how you structure meetings, and I've used it in every other area of my life, which is if I'm going to have an interaction with somebody, if I'm going to meet up with somebody, if I'm going to see somebody, if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, if I'm going to have a meeting set up with somebody, I always need to know what is the outcome of this interaction? What is the goal of this interaction? The reason I do this is because there's so many times that people ask, hey, can I get a phone call for this? Hey, can we set up a meeting for this? Hey, can... And I've gone and it's just been utterly pointless, right? There's nothing discussed. There's nothing that's moved forward. It might be just small talk or honestly beating around the bush. And I hate that shit. I don't want that in my life. And so I always am asking people what the point of the interaction is. Now, you don't have to say this in a way that's like, tell me the goal of the conversation you want to have with me. But it could be something a little softer, like tell me what your intention is for that phone call or tell me what you'd like to talk about over lunch. It doesn't have to be like demanding of the person, but it's at least getting you the information so that you know, is this a good use of my time? Because think about the amount of people that take phone calls, they take the lunches, they take the, hey, you got a minute. And there's no fucking point. It's not doing anything for you moving forward. In fact, most of the time, if you are asked to do something and that person doesn't have a reason for it or an outcome focused, it's for them and not for you. And they're just sucking from you and they're sucking your time away and you're taking that time away from what you could have been working on something else. This is about opportunity cost. It's not about that this person's bad and we don't want to talk to them. It's about the opportunity cost of your time. 
And that's what successful people do. Is It's not that they're saying that people are bad, birthday parties are bad, parents and friends and family and celebrations are bad. They're saying, this is the opportunity cost of my time. And where is the highest, best use of my time put? And it's often not those things. So if you notice a theme across the seven habits, it's that you have to create rules for yourself that work for you. A lot of the times, the reason we're not productive is because we're following rules, guidelines, or beliefs that are held by others, society, friends, family, but they're not things that we actually subscribe to. And so if you have something that you want to achieve and you're looking how to be productive, the underlying intention that you need to understand is that my intent is to always be looking at the opportunity cost of my time, and these habits allow me to do so.